Oh, yeah, we back at it again. Let me tell you something, Internet. Shouts to everybody who checked out last week's episode with the one and only Derek D. Angeletti. Let me tell you something. If you haven't checked it out and you just love hip-hop, you're a producer, an up-and-coming producer. Even if you've been in the game, you cannot deny the hits and the involvement and the contributions that Derek D. Angeletti, a.k.a. the Mad Rapper, has contributed to this game, to this thing we love so much. Hip hop. Man, let me tell you something, man. It, 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 trust me, if you haven't listened to last week's episode with the one and only Derek D. Angeletti, put that on your to do list and thank me later. There's super gems in there, super moments from the bad boy era. I mean, super moments and behind the scenes from some of the greatest moments in the game. Man, I, I'm, I, I really enjoyed that episode. Listen, I want to take this time out. Any of my New York City people, okay? Any of my New York City, tri-state, wherever you are, there's an event going down that I, I'm, I'm, I'm so proud to promote. My man, Pretty Lou, okay? Pretty Lou has been fighting cancer for years, and he's a soldier, and I'm proud of him. A uh, big supporter of combat throughout the years, and, and I, I'm just so happy to see him out here, not only kicking cancer's ass, uh, being a soldier, but also doing events like this that help donate to charities to help people get better, to help cures. Man, listen, okay? New York City, tri-state area. Let me tell you something. April 17th, that's a Tuesday. April 17th, Irvin Plaza, okay? Pretty Lou's birthday charity concert. Fat Joe and Friends. You got A Boogie, Jim Jones, Dave East, Maino, Papoose, Lumi D. Listen, okay? Pretty Lou's birthday charity concert, Irvin Plaza. Tuesday, April 17th. It's at 8 p.m., you go to Ticketmaster, get your tickets, hit him up at Pretty Lou 11. Listen, so if you're from the area, this is the place to be on Tuesday, April 17th. Not only is it a dope event, super hip-hop in the building, super good people in the building, but it's for a good cause. And that's what really matters to me. I want to send my prayers to Pretty Lou and his family. I applaud him on being such a soldier while he's fighting cancer. And this is his second event that he has done. It's an annual thing that he created. And, and like I said, all the proceeds go to cancer research and a charity. So I'm super proud of that. Internet, make sure you, uh, you're in that area. Pull the fuck up. Let me tell you something, man. When I tell you to take out your, your, your iPhone or your Samsung or whatever you have and check the fuck in, that's when I tell you. Okay? I, man, I'm so many people are again on the check-in. I can't even thank people so much. Okay? Sydney, Australia, every week I see you. Stone Mountain, Georgia. Detroit, okay? Long Island was on the check-in. I've seen uh, 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 Tokyo on the check-in. Italy on the check-in. Man, international. So many places from around the world. Miami on the check-in. Of course, Brooklyn's on the check-in. Internets, at Premium Pete, at Premium Pete Show. Check-in. Let me know where you're listening from. Just say what's up, man. I want to I talk to the people, man. I want to see where you're from. I want to see if, if, you're, if you're out there and your pizza spots are good, if you got good bagel spots out there. I want to see what's going on, but more importantly, I want you to let me know how you enjoyed that episode last week or how you enjoyed the episode a couple of weeks ago. I always tell you, make sure you suggest an episode. We've done so many diversified episodes with different people, entrepreneurs, athletes, actors, artists, whatever. So if you know a, a, an episode that inspired you, send that to somebody else. You know, this week, before we get into this episode, I want to take the time to uh, sometimes I'll read off a tweet that I made that really resonated with me during the week. 
And this one right here is uh, called, you know, one thing I dislike about social media is some people get the impression that some stuff is easy because we usually show the end result of stuff. Success is not easy. It's a roller coaster ride with no seatbelt with super drops. I want to say that again one more time. One thing I dislike about social media is some people get the impression that some stuff is easy because we usually show the end result of stuff. Success is not easy. It's a roller coaster ride with no seatbelt with super drops. And what I want to say, man, is like, you know, sometimes people will post up a, a picture on the beach and people are like, damn, I want to live like that. Not knowing all the nights and the struggle and, and the times that the bank account was low or the times that just shit wasn't that good. But people see the picture of, at, you know, you at the beach and be like, oh, okay, I want to live like that, not knowing the struggles. Now, let me tell you, success is, 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 is different to everybody. Success is not the same. Success to me or success to you could be different. But, I'm, but you, the balance is what's important. Whatever, you, whatever makes you happy, don't stop doing that. But I will say this. Don't look at social media and Twitter and people who are doing things to as what you're doing like wrong. You're not doing nothing wrong. If you're, if you're not working and you're not doing nothing and you're not you know, grinding and hustling, then okay, maybe you're doing something wrong. But more importantly, the game is not just what we see. Usually a lot of times people put the finished product up there. But you don't see the time spent and the sweat and the blood and the tears before that. Understand it's hard work. And it's not that, uh, you know, it's not me sitting here telling you about me. I'm telling you in general. It's hard work. And you know what? Like, that's why I'll say for all the times you didn't have anything on your plate. And if you have things on your plate, be happy for those blessings. Because there was a time when you were stressing. And I mean that. Internet, listen, you know, hey, preach your pizza out. Preach your pizza out. But more importantly... I'm so excited to get into this week's episode. Okay, it's been a long time coming. This kid, man, just a super success story, super inspiring. I mean, there's so many things to to talk about. So many just, I mean, what he's been able to do in the footwear game, in the apparel game, in the business game, in the collab game. I mean, internet. I don't even need to say no more. Founder of Kith, Ronnie Feig. On this week's episode of the Premium Pete Show, let's get to it. Cheer. Come on, everybody, get set, let's go. It's the next episode. It's the Premium Pete Show. News, interviews, all of the info. Listen up, it's the Premium Pete Show. If you want to scoop in the low, down low, listen to the show, cause Milk said so. Fuck what you heard, better act like you know. Internet, welcome back show. to another episode of the Premium Pete Show. Sitting here with a longtime friend, long time coming too. The, I mean, we could we, we could say so many things. I hate naming people, but we will say designer. We could say entrepreneur. None of that. What, what the fuck do we even None call of that. you these days, Ronnie? Home, Ronnie Feig. Homies in a room, beer chilling. Mode. Beer mode, very rare. Very rare that Ronnie is in, in beer mode. You know, first of all, right off the bat, I seen you. Uh, we, we got a chance to catch up at uh, Cat's Deli and Stan Sox uh, collaboration, right? Which was dope. I, I like seeing different shit like that. And I was like, "Yo, Ron, man, it's good to see you. I'm proud of you." And then, and and, and you were like, "Yo, Pete, it wasn't it wasn't supposed to get this big." And when you said that to, shit to me, the only thing I could think of was like, "God, ah, this guy's mind is probably fucking spinning." Because because people hear that like oh well, it's big you know people measure things sometimes small I mean like oh he's doing well he's he's he's, he's wealthy he's, he's successful now not realizing the mind racing of how 
bigots become? How the fuck do you go to sleep at night? Honestly. Yo, it's uh, honestly like it's a tough thing. And a lot of people, you know, how a lot of people talk about sleep. They don't get a lot of sleep and that's supposed to represent the hustle. But like I haven't slept well in a long time. You know, it's like it's like all these things that are happening and rolling out these like projects are like open. They're like running applications on your iPhone that you need to close sometimes for your mm. phone to operate and, you know, operate more efficiently. That's like the running, you know, it's like running applications in my head just um, of all the things that are open. And it's not only the projects, it's everything else of running, of running the business, you know, running, running the business is a, it's a lot of work, man. You know, because you're in footwear, but more importantly, you're a businessman. Yeah. How far out are you? Like, meaning, like, you know, because you have to think ahead in footwear and apparel, you got to do like what a year ahead, two years ahead. How so, far? So it's funny because like it's different wavelengths depending on what we work, what we're working on. You know, like some projects that we're working on currently are a month out, and then there are projects that we're working on that are eighteen months out. So. Mm. It's the balance of knowing the things that we're working on now will, you know, evolve into what we're going to be doing 18 months from now. So like everything that we're working on now, we need to have 18 months in mind, you know, so everything ages well and it rolls out properly and it's all part of the same program. You know, this program is, you know, we use that word a lot, the program, Mm -hmm. you know, like because when we when we drop when we drop Kith Denim. It's the denim program. Why? Because that program is meant to live. It's not meant to be a flash in the pan, you know? Mm. So we use that word a lot in the office, you know, using the word program because it's like your regularly scheduled program. Yeah, like sure. You want to you sure. get, get people on it so the anticipation is there for the things that we do. So, yeah, it's very important for us to keep in mind, you know, just the future of the things that we need to do because I'm here for the marathon, you know? Like, I've always been here for the marathon. Sure. It's not sure. about today or tomorrow. You know, it's funny. I know, I know you for many years, and there was a time when there wasn't no Kith, and there was a time where mm-hmm. you weren't probably as big uh, uh, in popularity and probably money uh, at the time I knew you, but you always were confident. I will say that. You always were confident in what you were doing. I remember you were in David Z. I remember doing like uh, Polo Cookie Boots and, mm-hmm. and the gray ones. Remember the gray <laughs> ones that you did? But yeah. what I'm saying is how, how have you dealt with success like honestly like mean like it's something easy to say but no doubt and i'm gonna i'm gonna say something i really believe the confidence comes with your you know it, it comes with your um i think it comes it comes with your uh what's it called your horoscope right mm. what, what do you call that your sign yeah yeah what do you call yeah, your yeah, sign yeah, 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 your, uh, what the fuck is why can't i even think of this right now you what your zodiac sign. There we go. There it is. Thank you, Benson. I, I think that confidence is part. Confidence is part of a personality. It's like, you know, I I I thought I was confident in things I sucked at grow, growing yeah, up. Sure, you sure. know what I'm saying? So like, um, what I've learned is that anyone that has a birthday close to mine, we kind of have those similarities in the person in our personalities. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So and and I have a best friend that's a day apart for me. Um, my father is five days apart from me and I know a bunch of, I know a bunch of people and I really think it's part of a personality thing than anything else. I don't think the confidence has come with, 
the confidence showed up later when I did I did a few things right. It was like part of the personality growing up, you know, and um, I think you know I think it's it, it comes with uh, it comes with having to put your hand in the fire, you mm-hmm. know, like certain people. You could tell them not to do the wrong thing and they just won't do it. You know, I had to learn on my own, you know, and it was, uh, I, I guess that that was one of the biggest uh, building blocks in my life. Just me always having to test the grounds to know this is what I want to do. This is what I don't want to do. Sure, sure. You know, learning on my own. You know what I mean? And not really ever listening to anyone when they told me not to do or do something. Sure. You know what I mean? I, I, very, I had a very clear thought process from a young age you know i want to take it uh, all the way back uh, and then and then we'll actually come back um you were born and raised in queens right yes sir. mother and father that's right what, what did and, mom and sister and sister what did yeah. mom and pops do <clears throat> father grew up um so both of my parents are from israel mm-hmm. um my father came here and uh, worked as an engineer as a computer engineer and technician um and job to job, never really stayed in one place for too long. Um, and mom, mom was a jewelry salesperson in the city. Worked at an independent jeweler um, as a sales as a sales associate um, while I was growing up. So uh, many people have that story all twisted. Sure. Um, supposedly I still work with my dad somehow, I think mm-hmm. somewhere in mm-hmm. yellow rat bastard or some mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. I heard that before. Actually, you know, yeah. I don't, I don't, I, I, that's, th- th- that's th- the best. this show is never organized. So I'm never, we can always go off track and no, we no, will. hundred no, percent. A want. lot of people love you. A lot of people have hate for you. Yeah. You know, they sure. think like you're like your privilege or privilege. Like, like, yeah. you know, and we'll get to those things as far as like. But let me tell you something, and this is just my honest fucking opinion. I wouldn't have you here no, and no. tell you this. You could have a friend, like, even like, and we'll get to it, like, saying, like, uh, uh, David Z was, like, what, an uncle? Second uh, cousin. Second cousin. My mom's first cousin, yeah. Even if you know someone. Sure. You get in the door, what do you do then? <laughs> so, you know, how do you deal with, and, and, and I, I, honestly, like, how do you deal with people? I mean, I've heard people, uh, first of all, I heard tons of people praise you, the right people praise you. And I've seen a lot of hate, like, like, like when you we started to do uh, Ace of Colors, they say, "Oh, he's like doing a Nike yeah. ID." Right? Oh, I remember that. Um, yeah. Or they'll just say he's privileged, or or he he got his shot. Like, it almost reminds me of people who say, like, uh, you know, oh, he makes two hundred grand a year. He's good. He don't need no money. Like, you ever heard people like, like you know, of like, course. Wh- why don't Ronnie need an extra gig, even if he's doing well? But go ahead. What's your you know, what's your response to people hating or even just loving? Um, you know, I, I, uh, people, I, I feel like people have always loved to hate me, mm. you know, just because, um, I'm not very vocal about how I get to where I get, like from one project to another, the hustle and work that goes in. Um, I'm not out here outlandishly trying to, um, show the process like it's a reality show. I'm trying to build really good product. To live sure. in a, to live in your closet, you know, um, and I feel like it's easier for people to assume how I how I do the things I do um, than it is for people to think about how much work goes into anything, um, and that's just a new standard for 
these younger the, the younger generation. I'm sure you know this, but I have nephews, you know, younger kids, and I'm in touch with the way they think and the thought process because I'm always interested in that regardless. Sure. You know what I mean? Because I remember, lit- I physically remember, literally remember being their age. You know what I'm saying? And I remember the thought process too. I remember the hunger and how badly I wanted to do what I'm doing. I remember that. I like, it's so, it's such a literal feeling that I have. It's like real. Like I could touch it. I feel it. I still feel it today. It's, that's why I'm able to remember it is because I still have somewhat mm. the same feeling. Obviously you get older and the the feelings mature. You know how to control the feelings that you have, but you know, there's, there's definitely, um, a lot of people. And I feel like the people that I wanted to gain their respect, those people that I wanted to respect me, um, are the people that I care about, you know, and those people, and, and those are the only people that we could sit down, have a conversation and they ask the right questions. And in conversation, I want to tell them the things that I want, you know, that, that I just, wouldn't feel comfortable telling the world. Sure, sure. You know what I mean? You know, but, you know what I'm, I'm yeah, what you saying? No, I was, I was going to say, like, going back for a second, like, to the Yellow Rap Bastard thing. Do you know, I've never been in a Yellow Rap Bastard before, <laughs> right? And Do they I, even exist anymore? I, I don't I don't think so. I, I, it used to be down on Broadway, sure, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that store because it was two blocks away from where I worked. And somebody put up, and I got to tell you, it's actually... I don't know. It's like they had a pretty great imagination to be, to make up the kind of stories like Ronnie's father started and owns yellow rat bastard Mm. and Ronnie, uh, I I don't know. I I just, it was a, it was a crazy thing that was written on my Wikipedia, which somebody (laughs) told me. And I was like, I don't give a fuck about Wikipedia. I don't care what people read, what people write. I don't give it. I really don't give a shit. Right. But all of a sudden, people that were, like, searching my name on the internet, like, that's the first thing that would come up. And they would read that, and all of a sudden, it's on Twitter, all of a sudden, something. And all of a sudden, my dad really owns Yellow Red Bastard. It's kind of crazy how many people have asked me about that. And it's like, yo, my, <laughs> my dad is, like, so far removed from this world that, yo, it's like... I can never make him understand what I do. It's like the it's it's such a weird and amazing situation because I always have an outside perspective from him on things that have nothing to do with my world. You know, mm. just the thought process. You know, it's amazing you say that um, because I think a lot of people in this space, their parents don't understand until they become successful. Like they don't understand what they're exactly doing to like say they could buy him a car or buy him a home or, or whatever, help them out. Right. You know, honestly, one thing I'm really proud about you you about is that the more people hate, yeah. the more you fucking did. Yeah. Like, like, I, I, and like, I, don't, I don't think I don't think people hate the same way they used to. No. And I don't, I don't think it's the same. Well, people hate what they also can do. Right. People hate no, what for they. Sure. But but I'm, I want to say, the more I've seen people hate. And like I said, I do say the more you accomplished, yeah. the more you did, it, it, it almost became impossible to hate on you. Because I'm telling you, even like Yu Ming and shouts to Yu Ming. And actually, I, I want to even probably play that, that, that clip. He was like, yo, honestly, hate it or love it. Ronnie is one of the biggest success stories in this sneaker game or this footwear game or this culture. Right. What do you think about seeing his climb? Because me and you both seen him from the beginning. 
yep. of David Z. Um, you know, what do you think about it, man? Um, uh, he's he's one of the most incredible success stories we know in in sneakers. I mean, in, in terms of this culture that we're in, um, you know, a lot of people seem to. Um, you know, not a lot of people. Some people have this love-hate relationship with him. Um, you know, I, I think, but without his thought process and his mindset and the way he kind of goes about things, he wouldn't be where he is today. That's incredible for you, Ming, to say that. I mean, you, Ming, being in his position or have, you know, for him to have been in the position he's been in for the rise of the blogs, right? Sure, sure. And where he was in the position to tell those stories of these products that are happening and products that are coming out, he saw as an editor, you know, and as the owner of that site um, or the founder of that site, he was just the person who got the perspective of seeing the progression and saw the timeline because people, you know, people, people are onto something, and they fall off of it, and they stop caring. He had to, he had to have seen the whole sure, ti- sure, timeline yeah, sure. of all, and that's just the footwear, right? But, but he was there to see it, and he knows what goes into this shit. He knows what happens behind behind closed doors, dealing with these brand, dealing with the brands sure, that we sure. work with, and the process of how long things take from conceptualizing something to final product. So. I think Yuming is one one of those rare guys that really knows understands both ends. You know what I'm saying? Both sides as the reader and as the collaborator or as the business owner or as the retailer or as the designer. He really sure. he really understands full scope. Sure. You know, you uh you were speaking about your father. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm sure that uh, they have lived their life, but mm-hmm. since you've been doing everything, have you been able to do something for them like they don't really understand what you do but they understand yeah. what you do have you done something for them that you're most proud of like because oh, i'm yeah. sure they have to be super proud of you yeah like i don't come from money mm-hmm. you know so um two years into opening kith i was able to make the last payment not the last payment meaning he wasn't up to his last payment but make the last big payment on the mortgage of the house mm-hmm. in queens mm-hmm which was a 20-year, which was refinanced, which ended up being a 30-year. Sure, sure. And, you know, I think that doing that, I think I think that that really um, put things into perspective for, for him and my mom, uh, who, by the way, was the biggest, insp- it was still is the biggest inspiration in my life. Why is that? Because my mom is a fashion, is, she's a fashionista, you know, she... Um, She she's a very special woman in terms of taste, you know. So when um, when I was younger, my mom uh, she worked in Midtown in a jewelry store, and she would take me to Bergdorf Goodman, and we'd walk the building, and we'd leave with nothing, right? Because she couldn't afford to buy the things that we were looking at. But she was showing me things. I would shop with her on the floor, and she would show me things, and it used to light up her life, you know. And the Bergdorf shop, that wasn't for me or the brand. That was for my mom. Mm. You know, it's funny you say that for people who who may not even know who Ronnie Feig is or Kith or anything you're involved in. For you to tell that story about being a young kid, going to Bergdorf Goodman Mm. with your mom, Mm -hmm. walking, walking around, she can't afford to shop, 20 plus years later, you do a collab with them. I mean, we have a kith shop 
in, in a permanent gift well, shop inside a Bergdorf Goodman now. How, how, how the fuck does this happen? <laughs> now, honestly. No, no, I'm thinking about it. But let me tell you something. Yeah. And, and, and before you go in there. No, no. This sure. shit. See, it's hard. And I tell people this, right? Like, like I've, sat, I've sat down with so many people. And afterwards, I'll tell them, like, yo, I just listened to the episode. We're going to drop tomorrow. I'm sure people are going to love it. People don't understand that their story is special because it's their story. Of course, They're not like sitting here like, oh, I'm the, you know, I'm the man sitting here and and and, and you know, it's that is an tell that tell how that happened. But that is amazing. Think about it. No, yo, it is so amazing. You know what's funny? Like Pete, the people that know me personally, like everybody that knows me knows that I'm a confident person because when I do something, I never half-ass it. So I go mm-hmm. in and I go into doing it with full confidence, you know, but I don't have an ego. The ego thing is the crazy misconception. Having an ego and being confident are two different things, mm. right? Like I don't get more like I never in any project or any successes that the brand has had or that I have had in the past, it's never a I'm the man situation. It's never that. It's never that. It's for the timeline of this brand and this business, which is going to be generational to my kids. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Sure. It's always for the thought of, I want to I wanna maximize the potential of this thing by doing it tastefully and by building something substantial and real so I can chalk up the last 22 years of my life and say I've been doing this for a reason. Sure. You know what I'm saying? It's for, it's it's legacy shit. You sure, know what I mean? Sure. And no one no one likes to take losses, and everybody loves to be successful in what they do. But some things that I have done, many things that I've done, have been more for sentimental purposes than anything else. You know, and like things that mean. You know, when I when I used to open up a box of Air Force Ones or a box of brand new construction Tims, sure. the feeling that I got that's not a regular feeling that a kid got when buying a new pair of sneakers. That wasn't me. I didn't get a regular feeling. I got a feeling of like the greatest moment of my life feeling mm, mm. every time. It was like trying to re, you know, just trying to re up on that feeling for the rest of my life. Sure, it's like a high. You know, it's like a high. It really is like a high. Yeah. Like I'm not just saying that it's sure, like a yeah, high. Yeah. It really is like a high. And that's that's the thing that that's why I don't like to do a lot of these type of podcasts and things Mm -hmm. like that because i feel like a lot of the things that i'm going to say are things that have been heard and have been said by other people who have done great things you know and then you hear them and they sound watered down because you hear you have heard them before or you've heard people talk about their successes in different ways and then you're just like ah whatever it's like yo but it's i do this for myself and for my family and for the people that i love you know what i mean and like all of the things that I make in terms of product, I do for everyone else. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So like, sure. so it's just when I sit down and I say like, yo, when I used to open up a box of fresh wallabies, the feeling that that gave me is the feeling that I want to have today, which is why I work on that kind of product so I could give that feeling to someone else. Sure, so you could transfer it. That's what, that's all I'm trying to, that's really in a nutshell, that's all I do. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a merchant slash product creator slash retailer that is trying to better people's lives that are as obsessed with product as I am. As a New York kid, kid from Queens, how do you get Bergdorf Goodman to believe in Kith? Because honestly, 
do, and, and this is no disrespect, but do they need you? Do, do, do they understand what you do? You, you understand what I'm saying? Like, I do. I do. And, and to, I, answer, to answer your question, do they need me? No. Do they need Kith? Today, I think they do. You know, I, I, and I'm not saying it in a cocky way. I'm saying it because Bergdorf, Bergdorf Goodman has to transcend to the younger generation, you know, and has to still appeal to guys my age, for example. I'm 35. True. And, you know, I, when you, when, there, there are a couple of ways to ask that question, though. Kith as a brand, because it, we, we're not a Kith shop inside mm-hmm. of Bergdorf. Because we are a Kith shop, but we're not the Kith that we are on, in Soho because we sell multi-brand. It's a Kith-branded situation, so it's like the mono-brand shop inside mm-hmm. of Bergdorf. And the truth is, this is the most mind-boggling shit I'm going to tell you right now because you probably don't know this, but the first time a Bergdorf Goodman logo was ever on the outside of a garment was during you know what happened during our collaborative projects the past you know couple of collections that we've done which have done really well is the first time the first time we did it is the first time you saw a Bergdorf Goodman logo on a on a garment so it, that to me is as big as opening a shop permanent, sure. a permanent shop because that's the Bergdorf Goodman logo and name is equivalent if not more extraordinary than the Rolls Royce logo. Mm. Bergdorf Goodman is the pinnacle, the institution, the best that ever did it. And when thinking about going into that shop, it's like, I know it's one shop. I know it's one department store. I don't have to grow it into other stores, mm-hmm. other department stores, mm-hmm. which is why I'm in Bergdorf Goodman and Hirschleifers, because those two department stores, which are the best in the country, don't need to expand into other departments into other, you don't need to expand into other sure, departments. Sure. I won't be I won't be pressed by anyone to do it, you know. Um so so the the reason and and to be honest with you, it wasn't something that we pitched, it was something that came to us. The wow. interest came to us to do something uh to do something there and they had the belief in the brand and they see they, you know, they were they were paying close attention to what we were doing and the truth is I think that now we are even more so qualified to be in that position than I was when we first started, but they saw the light at the end of the tunnel, and now I believe that the process from then till now, we're there at the end of the tunnel, and the the kind of uh, product that we're able to put together today, it's uh, it can sit on any shelf anywhere with anyone. You know, because there's there's a lot that today it's like I sure. have a full team and I've learned so much about that whole thing. You know, obviously there's the footwear talk, but what I've learned about apparel is, you know, I've learned more in the last three years, four years about apparel than I have about anything else in my entire life combined. Seriously. Now, is that something that you embrace and become a sponge to learn yeah, like you know because obviously you know you become talented and you become creative and, and i feel like you always had that but you obviously have to get smart i'll be honest with you just sitting down doing podcasting mm. for almost eight nine years i feel like my vocabulary has gotten smarter there you go there you go and just, that's that's yeah. the best thing that's the best part when you do something and you are committed and you are consistent 
you know? It's the consistency that kills them. Yeah. It's nothing else. You, you, no, that, that, no, that's, I'm saying that, that's, that's when you gain the knowledge. Sure. If, if you can do it, and, that, you know, that's, and that's the talk about ego, right? Here's what I was trying to say. If you have an ego, then you're not able to be a sponge. Mm. When you put the ego aside, then you're able to build, it's building blocks. You're able to build and you don't know what you don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to step into a situation like that and know that you know nothing and surround yourself with people that know more, that are smarter than you, that are more talented than you. The ability to do that is maturity, you know, like it's just understanding what it can bring to the table. And I have such a fucking great team, Pete. Like, you know, you, I, you we're going to get to the creation of Kith. Sure. But um, how many people are on the team now? Because I think it was just your mindset. First of all, for people listening at home, um, what does Kith mean? Like, what does, what does it mean for people who don't know? Kith is part of the phrase Kith and Kin, mm-hmm. which means friends and family. Kith means friends. And I always believed that friend, my friends were my family, so I got rid of the and kin portion of the mm-hmm. phrase. And just have kith. And just have kith. And it means friends. And it's four letters. And it, it, to me, that was a... When I, when I thought about it, it was just a... It was, it, was a it was like a light bulb went off. Were you... Well, let's actually give them some facts. Um, it's this creation of yours that you thought of, and eight, eight plus years later, or, or ten plus years later in your mind, how many employees are on the team now? Um, so after LA opened, it's like, it's almost 225. God damn. Yeah. And how many locations are you? You're in Miami. So there's Soho, Brooklyn, Miami, LA, and then Bergdorf and Hirschleifers and online. And anywhere else coming or that's a secret? No, it's, 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 uh, it was a secret. Now it's not. I decided I'm not going to expand for a little bit because, um, it's time for us to be the best at what we have right now. Mm-hmm. Like tighten the screws a little bit, you know, um, there's a new designer. Uh, I hired a senior designer from Tom Brown, mm, nice, which is one of my favorite brands, you know? Um, so, and, uh, and it's a female. She's great. She's, um, she's now working with, uh, the rest of the team and, we're, uh, you know, we're becoming a unit now and it's like directors, VPs and directors that work at the, it's like, it's a whole, <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy, a whole, man. It, it's a whole, it's a whole thing, man. Like COO, CFO, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, it's a thing. It's, it's, it's a, became serious. Yeah. It, it, no, the thing is, it's been serious for a long time. Mm. It's not the shit that people ask. So they don't know. It's mm. not the shit that like. You know, when I'm sitting down and I'm on a panel and there's a Q&A, it's not the questions I get asked. So when people do find out how big it is and, you know, we, we, we're we in a new office um, that I'm redesigning now and rebuilding for the second time in, in, in six months. Um, and then splitting that off now, two offices, so operation and creative now are in their own offices. It's a... It's a it, it's a lot. Mm. You know, the Kith logo is so simple, 
but so dope. Thank you. And I will say this, right? Yeah. When you made the box logo. Mike Sherman made the box logo, but I was there to help him conceptualize that. Okay. Uh, Shouts to Mike Sherman. Shouts to Mike Sherman. Did you ever feel, and I I don't get this feel, but I could see, you know, I'm speaking from a whole perspective, that it seemed any Supreme-ish? So, (laughs) uh, no. Um, If I thought that it did, then that wouldn't be the case. In fact, um, I remember people saying it was HBA-ish. When okay, it first happened, yeah, the hood by air, and all of these like remarks as to what it looks like, it doesn't look like it is what it is, mm. and it's to me, you can't have a different brand in a box and say that's the box only box. Sure, sure, a box sure. is a fucking box, but sure. like. You know, it, it's a, I thought it was simple enough where it could live anywhere. And that was the main, the, the idea was when we were coming up with that logo is to come up with something that can sit anywhere, mm. you know, and just like, it looks good on a polo. It looks good on a gym bag. It sure. looks good on a pair of denim. It looks good on a jacket. It looks good on that. So like keychain. Yeah. It, it's, it's one of those, you know what I mean? But the truth is you want to know the truth is I'm not hung up on one logo, mm. you know? So like, I feel, I feel like, um, I feel like people know us for that logo now because we used it for the signage for the store and we've used it on a a lot of different products that we've made. But um, for anyone that knows me, it's like I'm never comfortable with one with one signifier. Is that a word? Uh, Well, we could call it that. Fuck it. Fuck it. (laughs) With one with one symbol for the brand. That's that's not what I do. So yeah. like you're not going to think of the thing is you're not going to think of Kith and think of one thing. Mm, mm. I like that, and it shouldn't be like that. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? There's so many things that we do. It's like um, I, I don't want you to think of a logo. Mm. I don't want people to think of the logo or a logo when you think of the brand. You know, one thing that's really important is that uh, you know, and I've seen it up close and personal. Seen it that I touched it. Seen right. people wearing it. One thing is that you're not running. Like a gimmick, like meaning of being popular. No. The clothes, mm-hmm. the material, the, the Every, that's the look. everything. The fabric well, is everything. Let me tell you, we we had uh, uh, Vic here uh, mm. um, at top of the year. Mm. He was wearing, I think, a Kits uh, tree uh, yeah, hoodie. hoodie. Mm. The Shout- fucking quality. Uh, look, look, it looked amazing. Like honestly, like the quality. Like here's the thing: if you like, it, you know. That's not always the case, Ronnie. Pete, you could buy something expensive that's fucking cheap. Pete, five hundred GSM pigment dyed mm, mm, brush back. Mm, mm. I don't know a, what the fuck you're talking about, yo, but it sounds fucking beautiful. It's, 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 <laughs> it's a, it, it's different, bro. It's different. You know why? Because it comes from the same passion that I've had for footwear my whole life as well. Footwear and apparel have been those two things where I like to feel. When I wear something, I like to feel the quality sure, in the sure, product. Sure. You know, I just, I like to be, I like to get more than what I pay for. Sure, give people a bang for their buck. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that doesn't only come with fucking Payless and Target and Walmart where they talk about value. Mm. Value is something that hasn't been addressed properly by our market for a long time. Mm. You know? So when I'm sitting there trying to think of how we come up with this concept, think about this. 
four, five years ago, four or five years ago, I needed to make up my mind on whether or not we were going to wholesale this brand that I was mm. thinking about. Great, 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 great segue because yeah. I wanted to know about this. I get asked all the time. Like, wait, like, hold up. I need mm. to just cut you off for a second Please. because if you do, mm. you would probably, and not that I'm saying you only care about money, but right. if you do, right. I mean, you could fuck them. You know how much money, like you could probably be P, worth. P, generational money. It's generational money. I know that. So Every, what? Go ahead. I know, yeah. but here's the thing. When I sit down and I think about it, there's two ways I can take this thing, right? It's either um, I give access to everybody, and, and these are the positive ways to think about it. Mm-hmm. I give access to everyone in the world to be able to buy into the Kith brand. That's one way. Or I go direct to consumer, and instead of product costing 40% more, I'm able to price the product at a, at a very decent price for the quality that you're getting. Mm. So for 145 bucks, when you buy this hoodie, if I was to wholesale that hoodie, you would see it for retail at another space for over $230, mm. you know? And then there goes the conversation of what do we want to give the consumer you know, and it's like, for me, it was, it's, it's always about giving the consumer more. Look at the build out of the shops, True. giving the consumer more. Does the product that I have sell itself? Maybe, maybe if, if I, if I had a wooden box with the product that I sell, probably sell close to the same amount of product. But if you build a space where people can feel comfortable and feel um, like they're part of something special, they walk in, they see something for the first time, if they're seeing it for the first time. They're having a conversation. It's very friendly. Mm. The people that are working in the store are very friendly, Pete. Very friendly. The opposite of what people are used to from my market. Sure, from retail, yeah? Yeah, of course. People deal with terrible customer service. Of course. And not only ter- terrible customer service, terrible moods of mm. brands, mm. right? We want to be we want to be different from that, you know? It's, it's, a, it's a mindset. It's a mindset to provide... You know, it, it's a, it's not a, um, it's 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 not a, it's not a given that this is a successful business. It's not a, it's not a layup. It's a privilege to be able to do the things that I do. It's a privilege that could be taken away. To be able to service a customer is a privilege. I don't look at it any other way. Sure. I don't look at it as your your privilege to be here shopping with me. That's not what it is. It's like, this is a privilege to be able to service you and be a part of your life. Sure. You know what I mean? And that mentality, I think, is what raised the bar across the brand for people to, to be the best that we can be in every category, to do the best that we can. We always want to think about the person who's buying the product first, mm. you know? You, you know, uh, honestly, uh, from being involved in the game for such a long time like yourself, I really feel like you reinvented the boutique Mm. Like, you know, it's funny. I hear people say, like, you know, like, like now you think about it, like, Kith, Kith comes about, and, 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 and it's, it's a hot spot. You, you're going to get all the releases. And, and think about it. You become, um, like, creme de la creme. Okay, let's say. Nike, all these spots going to make sure Kith gets the best things. We always say there's always, like, beef in hip-hop. There's always, we made jokes over the years of podcast beef. Is there boutique 
beef because I do see you show a lot of love mm-hmm. to uh, what's his name from Miami? Um, Who's that? Shoe Gallery. OG Shoe Gallery. Da- Danny, Danny, of course. Yeah. Love Danny. Um, you know, but you're also a boutique yourself. I'm not. The thing is, well, I don't want to say you're a boutique. No, but, no, no, no. But, it's it's okay. It's like it, it, look. The way I'd like to answer that is like it's I try to do something that is very different from any other shop that that boutique owners that I know run. You know what I'm saying? That was worded kind of weird, but No, no, I get. It. I get. It, I, sure. I, I, tr- I try to do something different where I'm I don't want to compete, you know? That's that's my biggest thing is like I never I didn't do this to compete. I did it to fill a void. And when it comes from that point of view um then i think that there 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 is no i don't think there's beef between is there beef between other boutique owners i can't answer that i don't know but i know that there's i don't feel any beef between myself and anybody else you know if people what they say behind closed doors about what we do and how we do and whatever it is i can't control that you know so i'm trying to like be real grown and I have been for a, I have been for a long time because to stay focused and have tunnel vision on the goals sure, that sure. you have, you can get derailed so fast. Mm. You know, I learned that. You know, and and I used to care a lot more about what people do and what people think. Mm. Mm. You know, it's so easy for people to say, "I don't care what people think." It's not that simple. Yeah, it's not that simple because I do care what the people that I work with think, and there's a lot of there's a, I work with a lot of people. You know, and I work with different brands. Um, I work with different designers. I work with different legends. Mm. Many, <laughs> yeah. And 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 I do I do care what they think. <laughs> you know, and so I can't say I don't care what people think. That's like a anyone you hear say that is lying to you. True. You know what I'm saying? So I obviously care what what people think when I'm making product for the people. I obviously care what they think, you know? So, but when it comes to certain things like, oh, like people, look, there are two types of people in this world. People that are jealous and people that are not. And people that have cruel intentions and people who don't. I'm not the jealous type. I don't get jealous, you know? Like anybody who wins, I applaud them. Mm. I applaud people who win. You know, I want people to win. I do want people to win. Am I competitive? Very. I, just, I mean, you sh- I mean, as as you should be. I mean, what are you supposed to say? Like, hey guys, you know, we have kids here, and like, we're just doing some things, whatever. Right, but it's, you don't it, put it, your flag down. A hundred percent. But it's different because I know my competitive nature and what can come out of that, good or bad, my obsessive fucking personality that I have. But instead of going in that direction. I really wanted to separate from anything that I've seen and do it differently so I don't need to feel like I'm competing so I can focus and concentrate on what's most important, which at the end of the day is the product. The product is most important. I mean, everything that I've ever learned in my life and anything that I've ever done in my life, it's really been based around product. It's like I'm most, 
I'm the I'm the most passionate person about any kind of product that you've ever met. I'm more I'm passionate about any kind of product. The packaging of a fucking beer bottle is like that's product. I look at things differently. I know what it takes to build certain things now. So it's like so the vision is always how to make product better. It's not how to become better than someone else. Mm. You know, you um you worked with so many uh, different brands. And, and, and in such a short time, I've done so many collabs with Kith and, mm. and tons of different brands. Coca-Cola. Mm. Um, one of my favorites. Montclair. One of my um, favorites. <laughs> Columbia, right? One of my favorites, um, yeah. I mean, come on. Keep on rolling down. No, what no. else? Nike. Nike. Adidas. You, you know, We're going to go through some of them. Iceberg. Iceberg. Mm. Classic. Champion. Champion. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, no. Keep on going. There's another one. Didn't you do oh, with uh, for the kids? Uh, Rugrats. Rugrats. Yeah. Listen, Power Rangers. Power Rangers. Yeah. I mean, okay. But that, that that's yeah. Again, like that's where the differences lie. There are brands, and then there are people. The brand is a direct reflection over you know off of what I've seen and what I've loved in my life. I got a cereal bar in every Kith store. That's right, Kith treats. Yeah. Kith treats. It's amazing. Listen, you you know what, man? Let's take a quick break, man. Okay. You, I mean, you're going over so much stuff. Uh, it's it's mind boggling. The, the <laughs> collabs, the journey. It's honestly so special to see. Internet's sitting here with my friend, a good fella, a good a friend of mine, hey. Ronnie Feig. Um, too too many titles to mention. Internet's listen. Don't go nowhere. We'll be right back. Cheer. Yo, what up? This your man Victor Cruz. You are locked into the Premium Pete Show. Yo, Pete, these giants, man. They, they, we gotta get them out of the slums. Whatever we gotta do, I'm with it. Holla at me. Internet's and we're back, sitting here with my guy Ronnie Fogg, uh, the one and only man. Uh, they love to hate him, but they don't hate they don't hate to love him because he's a good guy, man. Stop, internet, stop, stop bothering Victor Cruz talking about if he's gonna work at Kith. Yo, I told him that. That's so. Yo, you ever up. see people say that shit? Yeah, uh, they're yeah. like, Yo, Cruz doesn't want to play. <laughs> he, he wants to be a model for Kith. I, I told him that he was dying laughing. You know, that's my fucking guy, bro. That was my best man in my wedding, man. Yo, it's you know you know it's funny too when I had him on. I told him I says, Yo. Being friends with Ronnie and Joe, and seeing the 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 growth of you guys, yo, those guys, and I told them, I was like, those guys, along with me, real are real giant fans, man. But Facts. but you know, but but um, you know, he's just a good guy, man. I'm glad to see his, you know, and I I'm, I look forward to seeing life after football for sure progress with him. You, you know? already know he's one of the greats in terms of football. Obvious, that's an obvious, you know. For sure. Yo, he's the one of the best people on the planet. Yeah. Period. Yeah. He's one of the best people I've ever known in my life, you know? And that's why you know, that's why we're so close. It's cuz you know, we both I think we both just um we don't care about the bullshit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We're real real people. Real that's, friends too. Sure, sure. That's one thing I see about you over the years is that like the friends and people that you really fuck with, it's like kind of like you almost remind me of still a young kid like that like You'll go all out, like all, kind of like, all out. yeah, for for a friend, like kind of like whatever you need, or if like, you know, it reminds me. I used to tell people, like, I I grew up, you know, we didn't have a lot of money, you know, pops worked three jobs, but if I had five hours and we used to go to the arcade, and my friend was like, yo, I can't go, I got no money. I'm like, yo, I'll yeah. give you half of this shit. Like, let's just go to the arcade. That's the way you got to that, That's the way you got to be, man. Especially now, you know, like my father had a conversation with me back before like and he was a year in it was like listen he sat me down he's like listen you're gonna have to evaluate every new person sure you meet in your life now to see if what that person 
what that person's true intentions are in being your friend and why he's being, you know. So, um, it's, it's, a it's, it's important, especially to keep that kind of mentality with the friends that you have, you know, even if successes come your way or if failures come, you know, there are bumps in the road for sure. But being a true friend is, is everything, you know, and like, especially because I might go a month and a half without seeing Vic. Sure. You know what I'm saying? But obviously we're on text and hey, what's up? Sure. How you doing? How you, always checking up on one another and caring for each other. You know what I'm saying? That's real friends right there. And they're only, you know, they're only a handful of, of, of people that I have in my life in that way. Sure. You know, you know, and that's something scary too, that you think about somebody of, of, of your journey of yeah. things that you've been through, you know, you become popular, you have a, you have a shop, you have this, you have that quick, quick, quick to have mad friends around you. Maybe that, that, you know, you may not know that well, think about it. Like, you know the, what I mean? The thing that you just said, quick to, it's at this point, it's quick to anything. Life could take a fucking left with any situation now. Because there's so little time for anything other than work that anything else is quick in itself. So everything is quicker now. Time to eat, time to shower, time to this, time. It's, I put this shit in front of my life. You know what I'm saying? Like on some real legacy shit, you know, so that my kids will have, will have something hopefully that sure. they can be as passionate about as I am or not. I don't know. Sure. Like, or maybe, know. yeah. Or maybe just, who knows? Or maybe just the, 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 the capital to do something, yeah. you know, who knows? Like, and, and that's important too. Listen, money's not everything, but if you could leave yeah. an opportunity for them to do things, whether that, you know, whether it be Kith or, or whatever, you know, one thing that uh, is, is, is also admiring about you is that the people that you grew up looking up to, yeah, kind of look up to you also now or kind of are inspired by you also now. I mean, there's so many, I'm not going to sit here and name people. It's not like this is like, I'm just saying like people and, and you had to realize that, right? No, that's, and that's a crazy, that's a crazy feeling, you know, like, um, being in a position where it's like you go to an airport and all of a sudden like five people on the way to the gate shake your hand and ask for a photo or like talk to you, start talking to you about others. It's a, it's a crazy scenario. You know, that shit's never old. That shit never gets old. It's like, wow, like I'm affecting people in a positive way. Sure. You know, they're passionate about, we share the same passion for something. You know what I'm saying? So like, it's like in X-Men, when a mutant sees another mutant, it's like that in sure. our, in our culture. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's, it is, it is really like that. It's like, no, yo, that we makes share, sense. we share the same. And like to, to a lot of people, we're weird for that. You know, and the more it becomes more and more normal these days to like the type of shit that we like and listen to the type of music that we listen to. And it's, you know, it's it's becoming more and more commercialized depending on what level you look at, you know, just in general. I'm just speaking about it in general. But still, when I when I see people and speak to people that care about the same things and we're able to speak about our passions in that way. That never gets old, man. It's like, you know, so, you know, it's, it's crazy, but it, it is, it is becoming a time. The time thing is really a, a major factor in the stress mm. 
of not having enough time for anything. Sure, sure. Never, yeah. But how do you deal with that? Like, how do you personally deal with, because with all the success, it's also smoke and mirrors uh, for people on the outside, meaning like they think like, oh, Ronnie does well, he does this. It's not as easy. So it comes with a lot of stress. Of, of course. How, how do you release that way? How do you? Here, here's the thing. And the reason why no one's ever hear, heard me speak about the personal side, which I have no problem shooting the shit and talking about it. But the reason why is because I gave up caring about the cost of what happens in my life based on what the final product is, you know, and like what that's able to achieve. What, we, what we're able to do by changing people's lives in the sense of product. It's like, that really does change a life. Like, if imagine growing up not having the shit that you had. Sure. Imagine growing up not fucking loving the shoe that you're wearing. Mm. Would mm. your life, would you have lived, uh, uh, would you have lived the same good, the good things in your life? Would they have been the same if you didn't have the products to love? If you didn't have something to cherish and be passionate about? Mm. It's serious. It's Great like question. it's 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 serious. I always ask myself, like, what would I be doing if it wasn't this? You know, and I'm obsessed with music and film, right? Um, and I probably would have ended up working in film, honestly. And I always ask myself, like, would I have ended up being in a better place or a better state of mind, or would I be able to have more time to myself, for myself, for my wife, for my family, for my friends? You know. Because, yo, like, people already know, and this happened a while back, you can't call me. Mm. So I can't pick up the phone. Like, during the day, I can't pick up the phone. I'm in 12 meetings back-to-back, literally 12 meetings back-to-back. I can't even pick up the phone. My mom, they already know not to call me. It's <laughs> fucked up. It's fucked up. It's, like, really, it's, it's really fucked up, and I'm not happy. I'm not proud to say that. I'm not proud to say that I work harder than anyone I know. It's not a proud thing to say that. It's just a sacrifice, that you make and you choose to either be that person or not be that person, you know? And like, I, I already, I chose early on. And when I chose early on, I knew what came with it. Like I knew that it would be an all or nothing situation. I'm either going to take this thing as far as I can go or it's going to be a bust. You know, we take it back uh, again for a second, you know, you, you uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, you grow up and you know, mom and dad, like we spoke about in Queens, mm. you're 13 years old mm. and you have a bat mitzvah, right? Is a that bar, how you say bar, bar mitzvah. Bar mitzvah. Girls, okay. have, girls have the bat mitzvah. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I, I don't all, know. All good. The Jewish lingo. Yeah, I got yeah. you. Forget about it. Yeah. Um, you know about the bagels though. <laughs> and you know the pizza. And the you know, fucking pizza. Yeah. Actually, pe- listen, shouts to Queens. Listen, Brooklyn, New York City in general, but 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 uh, uh, New Park uh, in Queens. Okay. And uh, no, is it Donnie or is it? It's a v- which it's, one is it? It's a VI pizza, bro. On Billboard, there's only one. You, you, you don't know? like New Park? I do like New Park. I do like New Park. I like uh, Romeo's. Romeo's, yep. You know, Queens got um, a lot of good spots for pizza. Hell bro. yeah, hell Queens, yeah. I'll give them. I'll give them that. New York City in general, man. New York City in general. We, dude. I, I just. I wish that everybody had the ability to live in the cultural climate. Mm. That we lived in growing up in New York City, seeing all the different types of cultures and foods and fashion and style. And it, New York is a very, very special place, you know. And when you're growing up and you're a sponge in the city at 13 years old in the village on 8th Street, man, you know. For sure, for sure. 8th Street between 5th and 6th, that was the epicenter. We, You know, it's 
it's a whole different ball game when you're able to see those type of things. They it's impossible for it not to influence the rest of your life. Sure. And, and, and especially when we're speaking about you and you're 13 years old, bar mitzvah, right? Bar mitzvah. Yeah. And, um, so this is where David Z comes into effect. Second cousin, second cousin, instead of giving a gift and, 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 and he, you ask for a, a job, right? So he gives me an envelope of cash and I give it back to him and I tell him I want a job instead. Cause mm. he knew that my parents were paying for the bar mitzvah party with the money I was getting as gifts. Sure. Sure which is totally fucked up, by the way. That's supposed to be like your first payment for school or a car or a house or a collar, whatever, you know? Uh, But there was a lot of money in the envelope and I gave it back and I wanted a job because I was just like, I was tired of wanting polo and getting chaps. You know what I'm saying? Like I could have had a polo shirt. I I was tired of that shit. You know, and I was tired of getting all my shit from Filene's. I wanted to look, I wanted, I, I again, I love so product. So you wanted, you wanted, you also wanted to just make money also? Like you wanted to be able to. It wasn't about the money back then. Okay. It wasn't about, I, I don't get me wrong. Like I always loved money growing up. Um, more so than I do now, to be honest, like cash. Why do you say that for? Because it, to be honest with you, like there's no amount of money in the world right now that would change my style of living at all mm. like you could hit me with anything right now and it wouldn't change a damn thing not one thing it would change my parents life and you know my i think my parent i want to give my parents the best rest of their lives sure, that they sure, can have sure. you know what i'm saying so that that's what it would change most you know what i'm saying i live in brooklyn like i live in i live in brooklyn i um i don't like mansions i don't like ferraris and you know, and that's that's the you know for me, I love. But you I, could, but you could have if you want, no? Yeah, I could. I just, I just don't care about those things. Yeah. You know, it's. It, I, I love hearing that, especially from a New York City kid, because I feel like the way we grew up, and we grew up. Um, I'm a little bit older than you, but we grew up in the same generation of like we're grown to flash, like we're grown to like like like. <laughs> you like, remember? I cared about those things when I was working on Eighth Street, yeah, yeah. and. <laughs> Those are the things that were, and, but those were never, to be honest with you, those were never the inspirations to make money. Sure, sure, sure. Like those were never, like, I was never like, I want to make money so I could buy that. It was always like, I want to make money so I can, I want to make money because that would mean I'm successful. It was always like the success that I was chasing to have to, because I always felt like I had to prove myself, not only to the people that always like thought I was fucking, that thought I was a dreamer when I would talk about doing exactly what it is that I'm doing today, by the way. The people that would put me down and be like, <laughs> you know, not take me seriously, whether it was family members or teachers, sure, you know, and that's like a real, that's a real thing. You know, that's like a real thing when go, going to school and like, you know, teach, I, I'll never forget this happened a while back. Like I had a teacher in elementary school that was so terrible to me, mm. like really, really terrible to me. Um, she was just a terrible person in general to like a lot of people. She was like, a, she was like a witch, you know, mm. like for no fucking reason too. <laughs> well, who knows what the reasons were from back from home and how she grew up, but, um, always used to put me down. And like, I saw, um, there's a while back. I saw that she ordered a pair of shoes on the site. That's crazy. Yo, she ordered a pair of shoes on the site in a, in a men's size. Um, and I was assuming that it was for her son which it ended up being for her son, I hand delivered them to the house, you know? And she lived in the same fucking house. Are you serious? Yeah, she lived in the same house two blocks away from the school where we were. Did she even know who you are or she just like ordered I, from... I, ra- I rang the doorbell 
she took a pair of shoes. I was like, hey, do you know who I am? And had a conversation. She invited me in. We sat down. And she still was the same kind of person. She wasn't rude to me, but she's just a rude person in general. But like, she was like, oh my God, my son's obsessed. Yeah. I went through the whole thing, but it was like, it was a, it was a good feeling. I just, I had to see, I had to see her face when she saw me become a man. Sure. Forget about whether or not I was successful or not. I just, the way that she used to speak to me, I, I felt like she never thought I would ever grow up. You know what I mean? Sure. So, and we were, don't get me wrong, we were knuckleheads, we were knuckleheads growing up, you know, like, but we weren't bad kids, Mm. you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, you could tell, you could tell a bad kid from a good kid, you know what I mean? And we were all fucking around, but like, we were good kids, you know what I mean? And that shit used to piss me off, I mean... Well, I mean, look, you know, it goes to show you that no matter what you do, mm. people are gonna hate or be themselves or 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 spew yeah. their negativity on you yeah for sure for, and even if you're not doing that you know one thing i will say is 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 going on talk about flashing on mm. money and i like to hear that like somebody who has gained and, and i'm not counting your money but you literally and Sorry. correct me if i'm wrong literally be have become a millionaire would you say i don't know is that something i could say uh i don't like to talk about those type of things because I don't like to measure success with money. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try not to, I, you know, I, I can't even speak. I, yeah, I don't no, want to, okay. I don't want to hear myself even say, say that you're a millionaire. Say no, 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 no problem. I get that. How about this? Mm. You growing up, you obviously always, you didn't always have uh, a where you are now. Um, okay. That's fair. Checking. I used to check. <laughs> I, 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 for a while, like, do you still check your bank account? Like, it's like every single dollar because <laughs> yeah. I, I remember, you know, because I, yeah. I always say to myself, like, 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 I've had some money and I had no money, and I right. had, but I always remember, like, I'll know, like, oh, I have twenty nine seventy five left, I have ten thousand left, I have three hundred dollars left. Yeah, do you still count like that? Yo, the 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 money in the bank is always like, you know, financial feed of my only hope, right? Yeah. That's it's always that's that's always going to be a thing like security like security for the for your life and for your family is always going to be a thing. It's always it's always a driver. It's always in the back of your head. It's always so. Of course, of course, like the, the money in the bank is still uh it's still a thing. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. still a thing. Okay, okay. No, I just want to know. I just want to know. You know, um, you mentioned before that. Uh, Coca-Cola Kith collab was one of your favorites. A hundred percent. You know, you, you, I don't want to hit you with a thousand different things, but you mentioned before also about Bergdorf Goodman changing the logo, something they never done before. No, not changing the or logo. Changing, you know, putting the Kith. Put, no. Okay, go ahead. Putting the Bergdorf Goodman logo on the outside of a garment. Okay, okay. Has never been seen before in that way. No, no one has ever thought of Bergdorf Goodman as an apparel piece. But Kith done that. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of, I mean, dude, like, there are a lot of those moments, if you want to talk about notches, Kith in the Coke font on a glass Coke bottle. It says enjoy Kith yeah. instead of enjoy Coke. How you know? do you, but okay. How, that's that's how, just, well, yeah. no, I'm, I'm saying like, how, those are, I react the same way you just reacted. When, when. Uh, but you aren't, but you have, like, they have to believe in the brand. They have to believe in Kith, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, of course. They have to believe, but also I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, because brands, and I don't want to say it like this, but brands ran people, ran, they told 
they told boutiques or or stores what the fuck they were getting. Yeah. I feel like you have turned that shit around. In my opinion, and no disrespect to the brand, but where you like, oh, this is what we're going to do. Right. Because I know what the fuck I'm talking about. And trust me on this one. Yeah. No, you didn't you change the fucking, what, what did you do with the Yankee cap? Didn't you? Oh, Because that's another thing. Yankee, Yankee hat fitted OG, but instead of the Batterman on the back, it was a Kith logo. Someone told me, I wish I could remember who the fuck it is. It's a friend of ours. I don't even remember who the fuck it is. It's a but friend of ours. Someone told me that when they, they, they were like, yo, if you could get them to change the the, the Yankees to, to agree to do that, that you're out of here. And you got them to do that. Yeah, you want to hear, the, look, New Era and the Yankees. So it's a funny conversation that happened in Vegas a long time ago where I sat down with New Era and I was like, look, I love you guys. Like, you you guys are the best ever to make a fitted hat, of course, sure. you know? But if I'm going to make a fitted hat and I'm going to collaborate with New Era, it got to be on this because this is what I wore my whole life. Strangely, I'm a Mets fan. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? Grew up in Queens, but I would wear Yankee hats because I just liked the way the New York logo looked. It says, when you when you think about those teams, some of these teams... It doesn't say Mets or Yankees. Mm-hmm. It says New York. Mm-hmm. That's what people don't understand, you know? And by the way, I'm still happy when the Yankees win, which is weird. Sure. Thank, usually you. The Thank Mets, you for that. Usually the Mets fans hate the Yankees, and the Giants fans hate the Jets. And I used to hate the Jets. Yeah. I used to hate the Jets. You're a Jets fan? or Gi- no, 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 you're Giants. a Giants fan, yeah, of yeah. course. I've known that, yeah. by the way. So but, but do you get mad when the Jets win? I don't care for them. Right. I don't care for them either. However, I don't get mad. Yeah. It's not going to be an argument as to who's better, you know, like... Even though the Giants are better, it's not going to be that argument. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to argue. I'll be like, all right, like, I respect that you're from New York. You like your home team. It's like, you know, so, so anyway, I grew up wearing on 8th Street growing up, working between 5th and 6th Avenue, there was a hat store down the block next door to Grace Papaya by 6th Avenue, by Fat Beats. Fat mm, Beats yep, around yep, the block. Yep, yep. There was a hat store that sold Kangles and Fitteds. That's it, right? And they would have every color Yankee hat. That was the thing. The Parasuco jeans with the stripes down the side mm-hmm. with a Mecca shirt <laughs> and a bear jacket. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And a Yankee hat looking like a motherfucking Smurf out here. Sure, All sure. blue, royal sure. blue Yankee hat with the royal blue Mecca shirt, royal blue Parasucos and royal blue suede wallabies. That was like, that was, it was Classic. silly. It was silly, but you know, there's some pictures that I have back home of me wearing that shit where I'm like, what the fuck was I doing? But the Yankee hat was the one. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll never forget. You know, this is the craziest shit. I used to wear the Yankee hats every day, and the sweatbands were white in the hat yes. back then. And we get fucking filthy, yeah. right? But that was my shit. I used to. Lo- I I had a collection of maybe thirty, twenty five to thirty Yankee hats in all colors, right? And I went away for a week, came back, and my mom washed all my Yankee hats. Oh my God. Bro. <laughs> it was a fucking problem. Anyway, that was that was part of my childhood. So like when I sat down, I was like, yo, I want to do, this is what I want to do. And it wasn't an easy uh, ask because it's like, that's like, you're asking for a lot. And I knew that, but like, that was, 
that was a long pro- it took a year for, for them to digest that one and get back to me and be like okay let's let's Were do you it hopeful did you no no yeah. i definitely left that table like i shot for the stars sure and you know and even still you know there was a lot of explaining to do even afterwards but like after the experiential moment of opening a pop-up shop in both the yankee stadium and met stadium during the subway series and blah 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 like 86 96 anniversaries and you know and and World Series hats for both at the same time, and then doing a Mets hat in a Yankee flip, like True. Mets colors, Yankee logo, Yankee colors, Mets yeah, logo, yeah. which is one of my favorite hats of all time because I got best of both worlds. True, I, got, I got my Navy hat with the Mets logo. Here we go. You know what I'm saying? So to get uh, the brand to do that, I mean, that, that was that was great. But the Coke thing, that's a whole different situation. And then a Nike thing, you know, uh, Kith in the Fatura font over the swoosh. Sure. K I T H, four letters in the Nike font over a swoosh. I mean, I was like, fuck. So, LeBron. Yeah, LeBron. Designing LeBron shoe, plays in the fucking All Star game with the shoe and then wins MVP of the All Star game in the shoe. I'm like, you know, it's, it's, and then, and then honestly, it's kind of fucked up. Cause now it's like, Okay, now what? <laughs> now yeah, it's like now yeah. LeBron. Le, le, there's no, there's no other LeBron. Sure, sure. Like now it's now it's like that's how, like how much does LeBron believe in? Like you know, obviously it took time for I'm mm. sure for you to get introduced to him. Mm. Um, how much does he believe in what you're doing? Oh, it's evidently very much. You yeah. know, because like if he didn't believe in it, then he wouldn't ever let his logo bear the product it's like to me that's 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 like nike's in my opinion that's nike's number one asset sure, sure. you know what i'm saying so that's a big uh that was a big deal working with the best that's a big deal what did you take out of uh working with lebron like what what was a special moment for you the most special moment was executively producing the doc. I don't know if you saw. The yes, doc. yes, the film. Right? Yeah, the Long yeah. Live the King. It was film. dope. Thank you, and and that was uh, coming off of directing my first commercial. Kith Films coming soon Kith, to a theater near you. Kith Films, get your fucking popcorn ready. You know what I'm saying? That's that was after directing my first commercial with Pippin. Yes, and his son mm. in the streets of New York City, street ball, like in the pips, like. And then coming off of that and executively producing the Long Live the King documentary, I mean, shit. That's like that's some that's some shit that I'll be eighty years old. Like sure, looking so at that I live forever. That's the thing. Is like what can I? What can make me happy forever? Like what can I be happy with later? Not make me happy right now. But like that was eighteen months of work. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That was a that was a lot of work, man. But at the end of the day, it's like. To have some shit roll out the way it did and then opening the LA store during All-Star and releasing those and then LeBron getting his own shoe that's not releasing and he wears it and it's like, fuck. It's like, that was, that was a, that was a pinch me moment. Yeah, for, for some reason, like, you know, you know, it's crazy when I seen the picture on Instagram of you and LeBron, mm. I don't know why, but for some reason I was like, yo, LeBron, I felt like he could become a partner mm. in Kith. Uh, I don't know why I felt that way. I'm being dead serious. Like I felt like this guy, like this brand is undeniable. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that you want partners. I don't know what you have. That's not my business. But I just felt like he would make a great fit, mm. in my opinion. He's a he's a great friend, and 
who knows what the future holds uh, for LeBron or for the brand or for like we're both evolving at the same sure, time sure. and both growing. I mean, can we do something in the future? I don't know if it's going to be in the form of a partnership. I don't know if it's going to be in the form of working together again. I don't, those aren't things that I know. Sure. Um, but you know, we're friends and the minute you become partners in something that becomes all business. Then you become not friends. And then, you know, and then it's different. I've lost, not lost. I wouldn't say lost, but friendships have changed after. I'm sure on many. After partnership. Yeah. Many, you know, you know, you know, you know, what's a great, great Mm. thought when Mm. you think of, of, of Ronnie Fag's uh, journey yourself. Mm. It's funny how we talk. I'm talking about you like you're a third party. (laughs) I'm right here, bro. It in the beginning, it had to be tough to get deals done. Yeah, with certain brands or people or no, things. For sure, I'm always. It's still hard. No, today. I know it's still hard. Yeah, but man, do you have a lot of fucking ammunition? Yeah. What's the difference from back then hustling, trying to get a collab or trying to do something consistent to today? Consistency and just success in those moments of releasing product that you work on like then it becomes a case study for these other brands of like look what he's done look at the look at the amangiri trip you know like that's the perfect example of the latest thing that we've done because our maturity and growth have led us to a place where we could do something like that we weren't able to do that literally a year ago you know so i think getting to that point um has definitely gained uh, a lot of momentum and has has definitely attracted a lot of eyes on the things that we do. The experiential moment of Amangiri and how that rolled out. Um, it definitely changed the way I even look at our own business and what we do. Mm. To want to achieve those type of moments again and again because those are the emotional connections that people have with the brand that will never die because they experience those moments for the first time. They're seeing this for the first time. They're experiencing it for the first time with the brand, with the brand itself, and also with the apparel on, with the brand on them, mm-hmm. like as the skin of, of this whole situation. So then it becomes like, a, you know, like anytime they remember that moment, the brand is attached. It's an emotional connection mm-hmm. that I think is really hard to achieve for brands today because... I feel like people are doing things for the wrong reasons. Doing things for the right reasons is the reason that's a lot of using the same word. Doing things for the right <laughs> doing things for the right reasons is why we're able to do what we do. Mm-hmm. Because the brands they see the authenticity in what we do. And when we show up to a brand, it's not like we'll work with any brand. It's like we're saying So uh, you pick and choose who you want to work with. Yeah, I mean, we pick and choose who we want to work with. It doesn't necessarily mean that we get to work with them. Sure. You know what I mean? Um, Do you have anybody, I mean, uh, that uh, a dream collab or? Yeah, Barack Obama. Really? In what sense? I don't know, in any sense. Mm. Love to work with Barack, you know? Um, I could see him in a Kith uh, tracksuit, bouncing around, shooting a couple threes. You know we're shooting in a little bit? What? I'll give you a little... Sneak peek. Okay. Ray Liotta. Really? Yeah. But let me tell you something. You understand my uh, infatuation with Goodfellas. Oh, come on, dude. This is my favorite movie of all time. Dude. I, that, I, well, God, I, no, I, Godfather 2. So, uh, and where I shouldn't you, be I, telling I, you that because it's supposed to be a bit... I don't want that to end up being a caption of this fucking situation. But like... 
that's if you've seen the series of Christopher Moltisani, yes, from yes, the Sopranos, yes, I love it with the Bergdorf Goodman, with the Bergdorf Goodman, and the tracksuit makes so much sense. Yeah, and then you know, I think, I, I think that that's going to be an evolving um, series series of pe- the people that we shoot to represent an era and a feel and a mood, you know, and I, I feel like. Um, Really owed us the fucking goat. Bro. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Karen. Oh yeah. Why did you? Why did you that, do that? Karen? That was my Pittsburgh connection. <laughs> Yo, fucking. Let me tell you something, man. Just, just, just uh, more. You're gonna get your money. Just leave him alone. Yeah. You know, like you come on. You, you're not gonna pay Jimmy Conway his money. <laughs> I didn't. You know, let me tell you something. Goodfellas is just forever. It's the forever, best. Forever classic. We'll talk off air about that because I gotta fucking go check Ray one second, man. You know, I gotta, I gotta be around that, man. Um, you know. I don't want to lose touch, though, as we keep on winding this episode down. You spoke about Coca-Cola. Sure. How did that happen? Coca-Cola, all right. So 19, if you want to go back, I believe it was 1986 to 1988. Mm -hmm. Don't quote me on those years. Somebody got to fact check that. But those are the years that Tommy Hilfiger was the creative director of Coca-Cola Apparel. Mm -hmm. And you remember Heavy D in that video? Of course. And we remember what that did to the culture and how people perceived Coca-Cola as a brand back then, not only as a beverage. When you thought of Coca-Cola, you didn't first think of the soda. You thought of it as a brand. I thought that they were able, that that moment was making the impossible happen because Coca-Cola is an international beverage. It's international, right? I mean, I don't know of any logo that's more recognizable than Coca-Cola, maybe in the world, maybe ever. You know what I'm saying? So um, I wanted to offer something, a dimension for the brand um, to the to our fan and consumer um, to be able to consume that brand in other ways because I felt like the branding and what the brand stands for, it's an all-American it's an all-American brand. It might be the greatest brand, might be the greatest American brand of all time. might be, seriously. So, you know, I wanted, I, I wanted to do that for the, I wanted to do that and introduce a different dimension to a brand. And mm-hmm. I wanted it to be that brand that I do that for. I wanted to be able to, to be responsible for adding a lit, literally another dimension, you know, and has, um, Coca-Cola apparel existed in other areas in other ways. Sure. 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 Can you get a fucking Coca-Cola t-shirt in Walmart? Absolutely. Not the way that we looked at it. Mm. Not through our lens and our perspective. Not by giving it the best fabrication and cut and styles mm. that you're not used to seeing from the brand. Not being able to consume it in that way. So we wanted to we wanted to offer something a bit different, you know. And um, people were very receptive to it, and I was surprised. How do you go about picking the footwear? Like, do you do you say, hey, like, do you go into it and be like, hey, I'm going to do a, a project with Coca Cola. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to do hoodies and we're going to do tees and we're going to do uh, maybe a pant. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and then I'm going to pick like Adidas or I'm going to pick Converse. or do you, mm-hmm. Is that how it works? Or? It works. I'll tell you how it works. I close my eyes. I think about Coca-Cola. And then I think about the shoe or the silhouette that I'd want to see with that logo. Or I'd want to see... And especially because, you know, we took a compound in East Hampton. That was mm-hmm. like a whole Hampton theme. Mm-hmm. It was an all-American theme. You know, that we were trying and we were shot. It was shot that way. It was shot in the Hamptons. It was it really rolled out in that way because 
Coca-Cola is an all-American brand and I wanted to represent it in that way. So when you think about all-American, it's like what shoe represents that? To me, it was the Chuck Taylor and it was like the perfect shoe for that logo. Where else can you have a, a, a Coca-Cola logo embroidered on canvas? Sure, sure. Nowhere, you know what I'm saying? So that, that was, to me, that still is the only like, not the only, but the perfect way uh, to add a footwear element into this full scope of a picture that I that I saw for the whole thing. I see the whole thing. I don't look at it as one piece or another, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, it's special. It's special when you think of that. You know, um, back to, I don't want to give people the full story because as, as, as with David Z, but you started working, second cousin, David Z. I don't want to lose that because we, we, we sure. I don't want to give people to listen to this and, no and miss we're going, a piece. We're going back and forth like in those movies where it's like present and then the past. Of course. And then present and the past. 13 years old, you start there. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I love about it was um, for people who don't know, David Z, uh, uh, footwear sure. shop, legendary footwear shop, New York City, yes, sir. Uh, multiple locations. Uh, I mean, super hip hop too. Uh, early on, Jay Z. <laughs> Uh, Jay, Nas, no, there's nobody you're not going to name right Busta. now. I mean, too many no, people. No, no, everyone. No, no, you, you won't name a hip hop artist from the '90s that wasn't shopping David Z. Try one right now. I'm not gonna. No, I'm, you, I'm, you can't. No, I'm, I'm not gonna. But what I'm saying is this: mm. you, 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 you work there. Uh, started as what? A stock boy at 13. Yeah, I started as a stock. Yeah, as a stock, uh, stock boy. Who would have fucking imagined, right? So you started as a stock boy. You know, like I said, just just gave an insight of who was visiting this shop, buying different product, buying, um, buying back it, then. Back then, it was, it was, back then it was all brown shoes and boots. Okay, that's what ruled New York City. You know, mm-hmm. uh, bare AKU boots, a solo, Trezetta, uh Timberlands, obviously Danner, Red Wing, mm. Clarks, mm. Georgia boots, um, Wallabies, of course, Clarks, mm. fucking. Legendary. I used, to sell, I used to sell Wu all of their shoes. You know, I shot Ray in the in that Timberland joint with um with yeah Ghost, with uh, Ghost yeah, yeah with Ghost and and Ray and I spoke and he remembered. You know, like I used to, he used to help me, little motherfucker. He used to help me with my Wallabies. You know, all of Wu used to come into, to in, into Eighth Street, buy them. They used to be a customizer down the block that would dye half of them. You know how it was back then. Sure, sure. Lauren Hill with some Gore-Tex and sweats. I make trucks like I'm homeless. I sold her. Her Gore-Tex boots that she's speaking about, mm. Mm. you know, because she, it's funny because <laughs> Lauren, when she came in, she thought it was a brand. She thought Gore-Tex was a brand. She wanted Gore-Tex boots. Everybody back then thought it was a brand. And it was like the educational moment of like sure, sure. a well, fucking I mean, 15 year old kid telling Lauren Hill what anything is. And I was like, nah, it's just a membrane and you'd have a box where you flip the box in the water. It shows you how the the membrane is waterproof and breathable at the same time. So it was like those days of, of having one-on-one time with the product that was coming in. And that's how I became a fan of footwear and not just, not just sneakers. You know, it was like, I was watching all these different shoes and boots come in and I would have one-on-one time with the product and fall in love with one product at a time, just like one after another. I was just like gaining so much respect for the process. You know, you stayed in David Z from 13 to what? Uh, 13, I stayed there until I was 20, uh, 27. You know, 27, in your later, in your later years, I remember you started to do, um, some, some makeups and some 
design on ASICs at your later years of David Z. Mm. You know, uh, side note, do you feel that mm. you brought ASICs back? Um, there's the question that you're asking right now. Is, <laughs> I like the way you respond. The question that you're asking right now, it's, look, again, to, removing all ego from, from a situation, okay? You're asking, do I feel like I brought ASICs back? The story, if, if anyone like really knows the story, I was the only one to work on a ASICs lifestyle. Pro- well, that's not true because Pata worked on it also, but, right, it, yeah. but it was because we needed to make X amount of pairs of the silhouette for it to get made, for them to pull the mold, you know, for them to recreate the molds because the molds weren't there anymore. You know, after a certain amount of time, they throw the molds out. Sure. Right. So, or the molds are no good after a certain amount of time, you need to remake them. So they didn't have the molds for the Jelly 3. So, um, it wasn't when you say, "Am I responsible for bringing it back?" It wasn't in existence before I worked on it. So, I don't want to say that I was responsible because a lot of things happened with that brand after I worked on the shoe. But I believe working on the shoe helped Asics as a brand realize that they have a lifestyle component that wasn't being utilized. Did they ever say that to you? Did they ever? Th- like and I don't mean it like you know thank you, but did they ever acknowledge yeah, how? Of course, of yeah. course they did. Yeah, that's why for the anniversary of the July three, they worked with uh, twelve partners. One and went every month, and then we went last to play. You know, and it was the most important. I felt like they they treated it like the most important shoe to release out of that whole collection. You know, um, one thing I will say is that, and, and you know. And I respect that you're saying if you take the ego out of it. And I love the way – I feel like you, over the years, you became media trained a little bit, and I love it. Um, Actually, not at all. No, I'm, I'm playing with you. I'm playing a, with you. No, but no, I, no. I want to tell you this. Yeah. That time when you were doing A6, you think about like – even later on. Let's, let, let's step away from David Z for a second, but like Salmon Toe or, or the Mint uh, – Mint Leaf. Mint Leaf and, and, and tons of them. People – some people were hating, saying, oh, he's just putting different colors. I will say this. I remember – I believe it was me and Clark Kent, and I told Clark, mm. and we were talking, we're like, yo, this kid has people lining up outside for ASICs. No. So, hold on, hold on. Okay. Lined up outside of David Z. Okay. For ASICs. Forget about for what? Lined up no, outside no, no, no. of a David Z. I understand what you're saying. David Z was selling Sketchers I understand and what Crocs. I understand what you're saying. You know? But it's still, you're right, but it's still ASICs also. Who the fuck was looking for ASICs like that? Uh, but, uh, right, right. Well, hold on, hold on. There were a couple of situations that led to that moment, but like the, the most... I was surprised by it when there was a line outside of David Z because David Z never had a line. I respect that. I understand what you're saying. So I was like, damn, something, hit a, something struck a chord here, you know? And it was really the first article that was written by Jamin Brophy... Uh, in the Wall Street Journal. That's right, yeah. That was really the foot in the door because back then, those type of articles weren't being written in print, um, especially with that type of newspaper, you know, that was... That was your first collab that you did with ASICS, right? Yeah, it was called the the 252 pack. I remember you saying that you were worried about uh, losing your job. I was. Because you didn't know if they were going to sell or not. That's right, because I ordered those shoes, I worked on those shoes without David knowing... Because, one, I didn't feel like he would want to take the chance. And two, um, because ASICS came to me and not to David. Mm. 
So they saw me as this kid who was like, I was very, they knew that I was into sneakers, like heavy. And I opened the ASICS account for David one year before that happened. And it was a very successful business. So they wanted to do that for me out of respect, which I admire. And it was Michael McLaughlin, who's still a very good friend from ASICS. He's still there? He's still there in a different department, lives in, I think he lives in North Carolina now, likes to play golf. Nice. Love him. He's great. And, and I think that that was the, they gave me the opportunity to look in the archive and pick a shoe. And then I went back to when my mom bought me the pair. Everybody knows that story, I think. Yeah. Well, Wall Street Journal mm. write, writes up. Did that give you the confidence to think that you could ever do this on your own? Nah, not at all. Okay. So, so instead of giving the full long story, mm-hmm. you finally leave David Z. Right. What gave you enough balls to do that? Because most people you could have stayed there forever. You want to know something crazy? A lot of people... No, actually, I don't know if I've ever told anyone this. Maybe maybe once or twice, but definitely not on record. But I was already looking for a space, for a footwear space by myself in Williamsburg on North 6th Street, right above American Apparel, second mm-hmm. floor, Dad came, my, my dad came to see the space with me because my dad's also like, he's also a good handyman mm-hmm. and like we would have had to build a store ourselves at that, at that point, but he was ready to take a mortgage out on the house, another mortgage out on the house <clears throat> to help cover this like dream of mine to open sure, the space. Sure. Um, so I was already planning on leaving to do that. And then my partner, Sam was a legend, used to own Atrium. Yes, yes. R.I.P. Atrium. Mm-hmm. He um, he approached me with a situation to get involved in helping him curate a footwear section within Atrium. Not, not Kith. Um, Just a footwear section. Not Kith, a footwear section. And I was like, nah. I'm not going to do that. I'd rather open up my own thing. And then we spoke about it again. It was like, what would you want to do? And then I told him and it was like, oh, I have this space in Brooklyn. I have this space in the city. And it was like, we could do something like that next to these spaces, build its own entrance and have, because that's everything I need. I wanted my own entrance. Sure, I, wanted sure. my own, I wanted it to have its own name and I wanted it to be the best footwear boutique in the world. That was the goal. That was the goal. Number one goal. And, uh, and he he was down to do that. And that was some of the best real estate I felt like for this concept, which was Broadway and Bleecker, but it would be in the cut in the back with its own entrance from Bleecker. And then in, in Brooklyn, before the Bar- a year and a half before the Barclays opened, it was like two blocks away from Barclays Center. And it was the space on Flatbush, which I thought was great. So we put the, we put the plan in motion and I, and I left David and... You know, I felt like David was... He's your second cousin. Mm. And I don't mean to cut you off, but he's your second cousin. I mean, I don't know. So, uh, sometimes you love your second cousins, and I'm sure you're grateful for everything that he, the opportunity gave you. Mm. Was that a hard conversation to have? Hardest to date. Mm. Mm. For you or for him, you think? For him to hear it or for you to do it? Can't speak on it from his side. I mean, was he open? Was he, was he, was he supportive? Was he... Um... I I don't want to say he wasn't supportive. Um, I don't know how to think of a person being supportive in that situation. Like, 
you know, uh, I, I trained the next person to take over my job. Um, I left respectfully and, uh, I was very thankful for everything, uh, that I learned. That was my, that was my schooling, you know? Sure. Um, do you still speak to him today? No, Mm -hmm. I don't. Don't speak to him today. And, you know, it's, it's like, I feel like, um, you know, not to say that I would never speak to him or anything like that. And I don't think that it's, um, that there's any sort of tension there. It's just like, it's just one of those things. Sure. Can't really explain that. Sure. Sure. And it happens in business sometimes, you yeah. know, um, footwear collaboration, mm-hmm. what's your favorite to date? I don't know. I don't want you to pick one, but you know, we have rap is top five. We got to, you know, is- um, uh, favorite collaboration of, of mine. Yeah. Um, I have to say this LeBron situation was probably the greatest feeling that I've ever had. All-star break and uh, opening a store and LeBron winning MVP. And like, those are fucking like milestones in the timeline, you know, Mm. a notch in the timeline. Mm. LA will always be remembered for that moment. Like the LA store I'm saying that we opened, I'll always think of LA in that moment. Mm. It's a big deal. You know, um, and that shoe is a fucking big deal. That shoe is, that shoe takes with the, with the rose. You talk about the one that spells like Kith. Eight and a half hours to make each pair. Really? Yeah, hand hand embroidered. How many pairs were made? Uh, not many. Mm. Can't give the number. Was that white? I would love to give the white number, one and black. No, it's okay. It's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm. No, it was the white. The uh, there were uh, four shoes. You know, the white was uh, the L.A. exclusive. All. Not the LA, it was an online exclusive, but it was for uh, for LA. Yeah. Uh, City of Angels. Does Ronnie Feig have some insecurities? Are you insecure sure, about things? Everybody, everybody has insecurities, of course. What would be something that... Uh... Um, I'm insecure about getting old. Yeah. You know, like I'm 35, but I feel like, you know, I'm... I'm I'm insecure about being a husband. Mm. Mm. Congratulations being, uh, on being married. Thank you. About being a good husband, a great husband. I want to be a great husband. I'm insecure about that. Like, am I great? And about, um, I think about having kids and having a family. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm insecure about, about my feelings, you know, like about, about thinking about the future, about where I'm going to be, how I'm going to feel. Like, I think everybody has sure, those, sure, those of type course. of insecurities. Like, give me an example of an insecurity that you have. So Receding I can hairline. <laughs> That's I'm it. holding <laughs> on to my shit for dear life. And for some reason, I don't know why, but it bothers me. Yeah, I got to be honest with you, yeah. though. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> that's the, that's the, that's always the, it's got to be the line in everything. Like, anytime you feel shitty about anything, in the grand scheme of things, mm. dot, dot, dot. I saw I saw this fucking video on on uh, Instagram or on Twitter where it was like uh, the, the facts about the about the universe and they talk about our galaxy and how many galaxies and then in the universe how many and like could it make me feel more insignificant in this fucking world of ours over here and I'm over here sitting worried about my fucking cuticle and I'm like 
<laughs> in the grand scheme of things. No, you know? no, I know, I know, I know. You're right, you're right, you're right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, you're, the hairline, by the way, yeah. looking extra healthy. The hairline's looking very good. Thank you, bro. I'm hanging out. Let me tell you something. I tell my baba every time, <laughs> please be easy with this thing. You know, let me tell you something. The relationship yeah. that you have with your baba uh, is bar none. Come on. It's they, so important, by the way. Yeah. So important. Yeah, and God forbid you have a cheat on him. You know what I mean? Oh, forget it. He, they forget they find it. out. They know. For, they'll never forgive. <laughs> oh, and then if you sh- if you get a haircut, if you were away and yeah. you got a haircut somewhere, and then you sit in his chair and he yeah. sees that yeah. someone else cut your hair. Would you, would you get another? Would you get a haircut? Yeah, would yeah. would you would you go for this one? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then you got to lie and shit, and it's like I did it at home. Um, <laughs> I mean, think about it. The very few people that will hold a knife to your neck, <laughs> neck. yeah, that you could trust. Think about how important that oh, is. Oh, I know. Let me tell you something, man. Your journey. Uh, um, can never be told in one episode. Um, you know, one thing, like I said, it, it's admiring that, you know, that where you have taken it, where you have come. And and this time, what I want to do is something that, you know, I think you love is to do is to care about other people, which people may not realize. They think like you're this ego-driven uh, asshole. Of course. Um, what are some up-and-coming designers or, or, or people that you see on, you know, that you admire now, you know? Or up, not only up-and-coming designers, just people who are doing shit, you know? I think, um, I think Virgil has to be my, you know, and, and it's funny because right now Virgil might be a lot of people's favorite, but sure. he's been my favorite for a long time because if you ever have a conversation with Virgil, he might have the highest IQ at anyone I ever met in my life, mm. which is a crazy thing to say. But, you know, it, it's like I leave that conversation just like that much smarter, you know, and mm. I feel like he's been able to do um, some things and break down barriers uh, that is very deserving of him and like what he's been and what he's going to do at Louis Vuitton. You know, I've had some conversations with some people and it's like, oh, now we got to see what he's going to do. And I'm looking at them, oh, you dumb motherfucker. <laughs> we know what he's going to sure, do. Sure, sure. It's not even a question sure, of what he's going to do. Yeah. It's just a question of how fucking impactful it is in your life. You sure. know what I'm saying? But like, we know what he's going to do. So I think that he's he's been um, an inspiration to the fucking world, not only to myself, but like to see what he's been able to do in a short amount of time as well. And, you know, it's just like, again, like giving the right people a foot in the door and then people making the best of their situation and showing the world what they're made of. You know what I mean? Obviously, like he has a lot to prove to himself. He's been doing it like over and over and over again. And that's a thing that that's in the person. You can't remove that from a person when they want to continue to prove to themselves that they could do it again and again and again. You know, and like disrupting the market again like d- doing that multiple times in a month, <laughs> it's like, sure, sure. fuck, like it's great. It's like, you see it and then you see it. And it's like, it's like shit, you know, that, that's, that, that guy has something really special. So sh- first of all, a big fucking shout, um, to Virgil and, and, and congratulate. I want to congratulate him. Congratulations to Virgil on what he did with Nike and then I want to congratulate him again for what he's about to do with Louis because he, you know, you know how unlikely that is for Virgil, for not Virgil himself, for a person in Virgil's position to get a shot at that. Mm. You know, it doesn't come, from, doesn't come from that background, doesn't come from that, you know, scene. 
and to step up from Chicago, like that's a big, that's a big thing. That's a big win for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt like, I felt like something happened to me when that happened. Sure, I was sure, like, that's dope, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And that, that's a great, that's a great situation for everyone. So you can't knock the guy. And I'm sure in the beginning, people love to hate him too. Sure. You know, and then, and then he proved himself to the point where you can't hate on him anymore. Same thing I think that uh, you're on a journey of. And I, I, I appreciate that, you know. Like, we're just trying to make the best of us. The thing is, like, when when you're doing it again, you could tell that he's doing it for the right reasons. He's not doing it for the attention. He's not doing it for the now. He's doing it for the legacy, for the long run, for a notch in the timeline, for people to recognize it years later to show that he has affected and shifted this entire industry that's you know and that's that's what i hope to achieve and i think that we've achieved some of that in um some of these you know some of these sure. with some of these projects in the past couple of years i feel like we've been able to put a dent in the culture in the, in the market in the market i don't like the word i know culture. you don't like the word yeah okay, okay. the word culture has been fucking... i know it's overused i know i know it is oh, i know fuck. it's overused but no, you know what yeah some people are doing things and the things that we do that are pushing culture forward or the market you could call but also it's pushing this world we live in right and the world that we lived in not lived the world that we live in it can't be summarized by one word mm. so i can't call it the culture i can't call it the market i can't call it the, it's our universe it's a, for all the people that have the common denominator of liking what we like it's like a weird thing to summarize sure. and call one word culture. You know, my father fucking my father's part of some culture. Yeah, yeah. You can't call it the culture. Yeah, you know. No, what I'm saying? I know, I know what you're saying. You know what? Um, they're. Um, it's like our us New Yorkers when we hear the city. Yeah, the city. Yeah, we're gonna go to the city. Yeah. Oh, uh, what city? Oh, Chicago. Yeah. Or uh, L.A. And like <laughs> us New Yorkers, we only know the city to be one thing. For sure. You know what I'm saying? You, you know, the, as much as people we say hate, there's also a lot of love. There's also a lot of inspiration mm. I see. I See, we should talk about that. Hold on. So here we go. For somebody listening that wants to become a, a designer mm. or a creative mm. or an entrepreneur or somebody who's doing it, but at a, maybe a level where they're kind of stuck and they, they don't know if they should just give up. Well, What would be some advice you have for them? Okay, see... I love you, but that is a very tough question. I know. You know, like, that's a tough question to answer. You know what I'm saying? And let me just say it like this. Like, that is a question that I get asked a lot. I know. You know what I'm saying? It's the question that I get DM'd a lot. It's what I get, you know. So it's like. How about this? I'll make it easier for you then. No, no. I have somewhat of an answer to give you, but it's more vague. I always tell everyone that asks how they get, like, how do I become a designer or a business owner or that I always tell everybody to start no matter what, what, no matter how old they are, no matter what they have to start at the very bottom of wherever it is that they want to go. So like if I want to be a business owner, a retail owner, I want to own a retail business. You got to start at the very bottom. That's the only thing I know that got me to where I am. But the curiosity was what got me to grow. I always wanted to know more. I always wanted, that's the thing, the willingness to learn and the curiosity to know more. Mm. Those are the two things, 
You know what I'm saying? I, I think you could be measured, your intellect could be measured by your curiosity. Sure. If you're that much more curious than the person next to you, you're, you're going to probably know more in life. You know, um, it's funny that you say many people ask you that because I can understand and see that, and that happens with a lot of people mm-hmm. on journeys like yourself. I will say that's why I says I got something for you, and this will help people even more. How many times mm-hmm. did you ever want to quit doing what you're doing? A lot. A lot. You know, I say, don't think for a second that I don't think about this shit every day to think about the alternative on what my life would be because I am sacrificing a lot. Like I, people see this life and only get to see the moments that I have to Instagram. Like sure, the, sure. People Smoke only, and mirrors. People only see the moment, the free moment that I have. So they think that all I have is free moments when there are very few of those. So it's like, that's, you know, but it's, it's, it's hard work, man. It's hard work. It's, uh, so, so every, uh, very often I would say, I was, I always think about the alternative. What would I be doing if I wasn't sacrificing all of this time? Like how much better can I make myself? Like how can I, can I work on myself to be happier? Like where does my happiness come from? You know, and I think that my happiness has snowballed to this situation where my happiness now comes from success of projects, successes from business. And then you learn, like I've learned that that's not true happiness. True happiness comes from, you know, from being able to be the best version of yourself. Mm not necessarily making the business the best version of itself. So those are two different things. And I always thought that they ran parallel, but they don't always run parallel, you know? And that and that's the biggest thing is like, I don't even know, you know, this is going to sound fucking crazy, but like I am doing what I've always wanted to do. But if I knew then what I know now, after doing it, what it would entail for my life, I'm not sure. I'm not sure which pill I would have taken. You know what I'm saying? I'm not sure. I can't tell you for sure that I would have wanted this. That's why I told you it wasn't always meant to be this big. It, was, it, was, it wasn't meant to be this big. It really wasn't. But I'm not the type of person that can let something... I can't cap it. You know, I can't say... this is what I can't put myself in a box. It got to be able to be the best version of itself. But building that doesn't mean I'm building the best version of myself. And that's, you know, it's, uh, it's important to know that for people that want to get involved and do things to, on this level of like sacrificing everything to make it happen. Mm. You lose a little bit of yourself. You do. And I, I think I did lose a little bit of myself, which I gained back with my wife who helps me bring it back. Sure. Kind of balance you out. Yeah, exactly. Sacrifice, man. If that's, a, you know, let me tell you something. When I just asked you that question and you yeah. were like... This is, it's hard to vague answer it. Yeah. That right there, was, you, you took them to church on that one. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you asked me what, how to inspire people to do what they think they want to do. What I'm saying is, do you know that that's what you want to do? Like, how about you start at the bottom to understand what sure. this business really takes, what it takes to really do this the right way and understand it from the bottom up. You can't start at the top and then tell people what to do on the bottom. People at the bottom, and I, and I don't mean the, you know, that's also fucked up to say, because is there, is there a top and bottom? I don't even like the term top and bottom. 
because working in the stock room today, I wor- when we opened LA, I was working in the stock and on the floor. And people were looking at me crazy. I was handing them shoe, opening the box, unlacing, like giving them the shoe. And people were looking at me like, what are you doing? Like the customer. And I sure. looked at them like, why are you asking me that? Like, sure, it's like, my store. Because yeah. I own the store. I can't, yeah. I can't fucking help you. Like trying to, so that's my thing is like, I don't like to separate that. But I will, I will say this is like, if people look at, and I, that's the Japanese, the, the Japanese mentality and being cultured and seeing the rest of the world also has helped me realize people take their job it's it's a, people will only take you as seriously as you take yourself mm. so if you don't think if you think you're you're if you think certain things are beneath you like starting at the very bottom to understand what the business is really all about then it's not for you so that's why it's always like the first step is i think you should get to know this business for really like for face not not see it for face value see it for what it really is See the blood, sweat, and tears that was put in. Like, put the fucking time in. I worked three years in a stock room. Do that before you become a salesperson, before you become an assistant manager, before you become a manager, before you become an assistant buyer, before you come become the general buyer, before you become the general buyer slash general manager. There are fucking levels to this shit to understand. Mm, 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 mm. You know? Word to Meek Mill. Or to make mill, you know, um, <laughs> free meat, free meat. Let me tell you, Ron. Thanks for coming. Thanks for sitting down. Yeah, but you're gonna you're gonna need to let me reverse this one day. By the way, no one that has ever been up here has asked you to be on to be in this chair on your own show. Yeah, and I mean, we could do that another time. I yeah, would love we, to. we definitely got to do that. You know, you know, one thing I will say is, um, you know, the the journey has been inspiring. I'm 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 inspired. Um, you know, and I think it's important to to see somebody really live live out their dreams or live out and care so much about that shit. That's how much it means. You know, it's almost like you look at like and correct me if I'm wrong. And I, I love Nike. I love Jordan. But even watching Adidas's resurgence, mm-hmm. I mean, it's almost like what I've seen of you. Like I, I feel like Adidas came with it doesn't it hasn't stopped. Mm. And I still, I still, Nike's doing, I love, I love Nike. I got to love multiple brands. Of course. That's what, that's what, that's us. But, but of course, but, but what I mean is like, it's, 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 it's amazing to see, like, like I was telling somebody the other day, Mm. this, you know, back in the day you meet a Nike rep, it would send me sneakers, Mm -hmm. you know, it was like, it was all the, all the joy in the world. Mm. What you are doing and so many, a couple other people are doing is mm. turn this shit into a real business, right. not just a store. You know, people want to open up a sneaker store just so it's like a hangout, like a barbershop, like right. it's cool. Right, right, That shit doesn't work anymore. <laughs> it doesn't. You know what I mean? All you're going to do is find yourself with a lot of bills. And if you have a Nike account, you're going to be behind. It, it's what I'm saying is this is a business, a billion dollar business. And why are not the people who know about this shit, who live this shit, mm. conducting this shit more. And you, you're one of them. You're one of them. Yeah, and I would like to see, I'd like to see others too get involved, you know? Like, it's, uh, it's all about, you know, the passion is what carries this shit, bro. The passion is what carries anything. You know, like, look at you doing what you do. Sure. You're passionate about it. You're here. You do it all the time. You're here and you can't not do it because you fucking love it. You know what I'm saying? It's the same thing. Passion will get you in and out of anything. You know, like, it's all about the passion, bro. You know, uh, as, as, as we end this, this, is, uh, this has been a long one, but uh, 
You traveled the world. Yeah. I love traveling. Favorite, favorite spot? Tokyo. Why? The culture. Mm. See, that's the right way to use that word. There you go. The culture. There you go. That's, that, that culture, that culture, the, the respect that people have, how clean that city is, how polite people are, how res- it's the most respectful people in the world. You know, it's like, and, and they, and they understand quality and they like things for the right reasons and they do things for the right reasons. And there's no fucking fabricated bullshit. Mm. In Tokyo. You can't find fabricated bullshit. You'll be looking a long time to find anything fabricated there. Who's somebody you met or worked with that um, really amazed you? Somebody like maybe somebody you looked up you looked up to, you know, growing up that uh, you, you got to work with? Tommy Hilfiger. Became like a friend or somebody? Yeah, became a... Became a Isn't that like insane to think like as a young kid, you know? I don't think people understand how insane that is. It's very insane. You know, I will say this. I'm going to end it on this. Um, at Ronnie... F I E G. Check out Kith. Kith locations all over. If you're not familiar with it, I'm sure the story had to inspire you. Um, I will say this: so the the Parrow game has is, is, is on unlock and is amazing. Thank you. The footwear game, everything else, and and I'll be honest with you: if anybody's sitting here and 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 I feel like I've praised you a lot, is because you deserve it. I appreciate. And that. And I will Thank say this: Thank you. From a kid, think about this shit. Thirteen years old. Working as a stock boy. Forget about your second cousin. Who gives a fuck, internets? Okay, this motherfucker didn't give him a million dollars at 13 years old. He didn't give him shit. Somebody, you know somebody. It's great. Let me tell you something. It's about who you know, right? But then you got to do something afterwards. Just like I explained. You got to prove yourself, yeah. okay? 75% of all jobs are given off of people they off of people that people know. But I want to listen 75%. But that's not, that's not the point. The, po- the point is, the truth is, Knowing I was working for my second cousin, like, made the situation. Like, the first time David took me to the store, I remember him telling the manager, this is my second cousin, and because of that, you are going to work him very hard. Mm. I want you to think of that day. <laughs> Fucking right? I want you to think of that day. Yeah. And then think of where you are today. Honestly. Ain't, ain't nothing else to fucking say. Internets. The 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 one and only. Um, he's a Met fan. He's also a Yankee fan. But uh, you know, I forgot about Carbones. Yeah. I forgot about what you do with the brands, pr- bringing fucking all different people on private jets. Ronnie, what the fuck are you doing out here, bro? You became Yo. a fucking mafia member, bro. I'm proud of you. Internet, thank you, brother. Ronnie Feig, thank you. Peace, peace. See you next episode. Internet, if you enjoyed that episode, I want you to email me. At thepremiumpeatshow at gmail.com. Again, that email is thepremiumpeatshow at gmail.com. Let me know what you thought. And listen, all my advertisers out there, all my big businesses, my small businesses, whoever, a friend, a store, you want to advertise on the Premium Peach Show? Email me at thepremiumpeatshow at gmail.com and let's get working. Okay? Make sure you subscribe, rate, leave a comment on all streaming platforms or podcasts. Tell a friend to tell a friend. And we'll see you next episode. Cheers.